It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. President Biden's approval ratings maintain a downward trend as a new Quinnipiac poll shows that only 33 percent of Americans approve of the president's job performance, while 54 percent disapprove. This is Democrats continue to navigate an uphill battle with the midterms approaching. Meanwhile, Russia is warning Ukraine there is no safe haven following deadly strikes in Lviv. For this and more, we bring in our panel, Fox News correspondent Mark Meredith, USA Today, Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page, and Republican strategist, former campaign manager for Senator Scott Brown, Colin Reed. Uh, Susan, the approval rating issue, a lot of people see it tied to how people feel about inflation, how people feel about the economy. I mean, is that what you see and what you hear? Yeah, I think we, I think we hear a country that is... Uh, unhappy with the direction of the nation, uncertain about where we're going. And inflation has been an issue that has just cost President Biden the bounce he might have expected to get from other good economic news like the unemployment rate. Uh, So I think that it's a very uh, sobering statistic for the White House. And, you know, looking ahead to the midterm election, there is no metric that does a better job of predicting what is going to happen in a midterm election than the president's approval rating And at the moment, that 33% rating is signaling very bad news for the Democratic Party. The latest from some analysts, pundits, Mark, um, maybe sympathetic to the president, has been, well, you know, there's just nothing he can do about it. That doesn't seem like it's going to fly uh, heading into November. Absolutely not, because, of course, the buck's going to stop with him. And so the president faces, I mean, just so many different problems all at once. So you bring up inflation specifically. And when you look at things, prices year over year, whether it be gas, cars, hotels, these are all things that people notice every day because we all have to you know, travel. We all have to get up and go to work. So when it costs more just to go do about anything, whether it be fun or work related, you're going to be outraged. And and in terms of what your original point was, yeah, is there a magic wand that the president could wave? No, of course not. And the White House also has really, in my opinion, uh, put themselves in a corner when it comes to messaging, because we heard through so much of late 2021, this is transitory. This is not going to last. Do not worry. This is the second the virus subsides. This will uh, this will fall. But as we've seen, these prices, they, you know, they just keep going up. And there are some people that do predict that this is not going to last much longer. But <laughs> I think we all are pretty uh, understanding that prices are also not going to just come back down to where they once were. Yeah. And also, Colin, there's this, uh, I guess, disbelief in some corners in the Democratic Party about the Putin price hike label from the White House. Um, obviously, inflation 
ticking up before then. It's exacerbated under the current situation with Russia in Ukraine. Uh, but I don't know if everybody's buying it, even inside the party. Yeah, the challenge, I think, Brett, is the administration has <clears throat> amassed very little credibility to speak uh, on the issue of inflation. Uh, a year ago, at this point in time, they were dismissing folks like Larry Summers who were out there waving the uh, red flag on inflation. They were saying it was transitory, as Mark alluded to. Uh, back in December, Biden was predicting it was going to end soon. Then, of course, the, the war, and now it's Putin's price hike. So I just don't think they really got a strong economic message uh, that they can sell to the voters. And Susan's right. The economy it dictates the, the strength of the party, which will determine the midterm elections. I was struck last week about just how loudly the Democrats are out there saying that we're in wipeout territory. Uh, I think it was President Biden's own pollster was saying it's the worst political climate he's ever seen in his lifetime. And, you know, it, it is, is the climate on par with 2010 or 2014 that we saw those huge Republican waves? Maybe. But there's also the, the margins are far tighter right now in both the House and the Senate. So I don't know that the Republican gains will be as substantial just because Republicans aren't starting off in the huge hole they were. Uh, but if you're a, a Democrat uh, running for re-election right now in a, in a purple or, or red or even blue state, uh, hold on to your hats because uh, the, the wind is blowing and not in your direction. Yeah, Susan, the White House is uh, trying to move the needle on uh, a number of different things, trying to point back to the infrastructure bill that was passed in a bipartisan way, trying to obviously highlight the Supreme Court justice, uh, the nominee that they get put through that will soon be a justice on the Supreme Court. Um, it's just that that doesn't stick as well as you head into the midterms. It's not a bumper sticker. Well, you know, the, the White House had hoped to be campaigning about the Build Back Better bill and all the many programs that were going to be expanded through passage of that massive legislation, which, of course, got stalled in the Senate. And now they don't even refer to it by that name. So instead, you see the president stepping up his domestic travel, uh, trying to make the case that they've done other things that are important, and especially that infrastructure bill. You do see some some local infrastructure projects for bridges and highways uh, being uh, uh, financed now by the by the infrastructure bill. It's just not the, the question is, is it enough? I mean, because if you ask people today what the issues are that matter most for them, many of them say inflation. You talk to Republicans, they say border security. That's another issue that is causing problems, problems for Democrats. You just have the feeling that even though there are some achievements that the Biden White House can appoint to, that they just get overwhelmed by wave after wave of either bad news that just make Americans feel like things just aren't going the way that they hope it would. Even COVID, you know, progress has been made against COVID, against the COVID pandemic, but we see new variants come along. And while the rate of hospitalization and death has gone down, uh, it's still a, it's still a big factor. It's just been, it, it has been a very tough climate for the Biden team to make their case. Yeah. Mark, speaking of COVID, I uh, just had a federal judge strike down the mask mandate for public transportation, which I assume is going to be fought. Uh, but that's yeah. a focus for, for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you think, again, this is spring travel season. This is the chance when so many people are just really excited to go anywhere but the office. 
And, you know, it's that daily reminder if you are getting on a plane, a bus, a train that, wait a second, I thought we were done with this. And I can go to a stadium, I can go to a concert, and I don't have to, to wear a mask. But, of course, now when I get on a plane, I have to wear one. And I know, obviously, the Biden administration has made it very clear. They're saying we're going to follow what the CDC is saying. But you almost have to wonder if, if the patients at the White House will kind of run out with this. I mean, they've got two weeks until this next extension is is set to expire. I mean, they, their hands were almost tied to begin with. Even the airlines were saying, please don't do this to us. We don't want to enforce this. We don't. Our staff doesn't want to enforce this. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm kind of shocked, honestly, that the CDC extended it as it did. Now, obviously, this becomes more of a question about uh, government power, whether or not the, uh, the administration had the authority to begin with. So to your point originally, Brett, yes, this will get tied up in the courts. I don't think the White House is just going to say, OK, never mind. We'll just move on. Right. Yeah. And Colin, that messaging, you know, hearing what the CDC says versus what people practically are dealing with in their lives, uh, to Mark's point, going to a stadium or going someplace else. We've talked before about how kids, you know, in, in basketball games and in, in schools in middle school had to wear masks while they were playing basketball, while the refs who were refing the game did not. You know, like bizarre things that people just in life practically say, wait a second, what is the deal with this? It was becoming too much of a messaging challenge because if you were someone who was caught uh, crossing the southern border illegally, uh, your, the nation's COVID emergency was going to end May 23rd when when the Biden administration was going to do away with Title 42. Still if you're is. someone, who, well, right, and if you're someone who has been, uh, you know, uh, forestalling your student loans, uh, it was a COVID emergency, and that's that's because you're going to have to pay that back, and that's something the administration is eager to uh, to not let happen before the midterms. But at the same time, uh, people were being forced to to wear masks on planes, so it was just incongruous. But you know, I think Brett, when this when the administration really lost control of this uh, idea that COVID was still what it was a year and a half ago, is when Anthony Fauci came out and said people are going to have to learn to live with the virus. Uh, when you got the when you got him out there saying that. And them out there saying, no, 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 keep the masks on in planes. It just didn't add up for most folks. And uh, that, that's, that's when I think the, the cat was really out of the bag. We'll hear what they have to say after this. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Last thing, Susan, uh, Ukraine and where we are. Uh, clearly, Vladimir Putin is not done uh, inside Ukraine, and the devastation uh, continues there on the ground. We've seen the evidence of the atrocities and the mass graves in various cities across the country of Ukraine. Uh, and the weapons are still filing in. The U.S. has provided a lot. Uh, NATO has provided a lot. But yet, President Zelensky would like to see President Biden on the ground, much like UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson did, walking with him in the uh, streets of Kiev. You think that's going to happen? I think it's uh, unlikely that that uh, President Biden's going to be going to Ukraine. I think uh, they, he's being urged to provide more uh, offensive type weapons. Uh, I think they are very leery of that idea. I do think that we're just all so struck by what's happened in Ukraine, both the atrocities, which are horrifying, but also the way the Ukrainian people have responded. The idea that we're past day 50 of this war, when the predictions, the confident predictions of U.S. and other analysts was that within five days, Kiev would fall. Um, it has not. It, make, it, it makes the case 
that President Yelinsky is making, the pleading that he's making uh, for more and better weapons to fight off the Russian invasion. Uh, it is, I think, it's hard to imagine that Russia doesn't triumph, at least against the eastern part of the country, given its advantage in weaponry. But so far, it has been a real David versus Goliath story. It really has. And Mark, uh, we're seeing more and more weapons. Uh, we just saw the takedown of that Russian ship. Um, and, you know, the the fight of the Ukrainians is pretty, pretty awesome to watch as far as their resilience and their ability to fight back. But they're losing a lot of people, civilians. And you wonder at what point the world says, we said this wasn't going to happen bef- again. And and here we are. You bring up a good point. What does the end of the conflict look like? And we, well, I spoke to a few folks at the Pentagon last week, and you know, they basically said that is not for the U.S. to decide. That is going to be something that Ukraine is going to have to decide uh, if and when it were to ever, if it, if it were to, you know, cede any territory or if it was to strike a deal with Russia. But it would be, not be the U.S. that would be calling the shots in that regard. And to Susan's point, you know, I agree. I don't see the president going anytime soon. And I mean, I can understand why the image was 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 certainly powerful for Boris Johnson, but President Biden. Biden has made it clear that the U.S. was going to play kind of this third-party role this whole time, that we weren't going to send troops on the ground. The idea of him going into the war zone when you still have airstrikes going in in Lviv uh, would just be, I mean, it would be very interesting, but also from a security standpoint, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Now, whether it's Blinken or Secretary Austin or uh, the National Security Advisor, sure, that, I mean, that could happen. But in terms of the president going himself, I personally would be surprised by that. But then again, I was surprised Boris Johnson was there. So when it comes to war, or I guess it's anyone's guess because things change by the hour. Yeah. And Colin, um, you know, it's support for Ukraine when it comes to politically inside the U.S. is strange bedfellows. It's it's Hollywood as well as um, hawkish Republicans. There is a part of the Republican Party, though, Colin, that that is skeptical about uh, getting involved, about why it's in the national security interests of the U.S. to be you know, front and center, whether it's boots on the ground or whether it's actual uh, offensive weapons. And it's interesting to see the political disconnect there in the Republican Party not together on this one issue. Well, no doubt about it. The Republican Party has become more isolationist in recent years and moved away from some some of its more international tendencies. But I would say the same is also true in the Democratic Party. And I think there's pretty bi- there's been bipartisan consensus amongst both parties that we don't do not want to have boots on the ground. It's been what every uh, senator or, or congressman who's been asked says. But uh, just going back to a minute here to, to Biden and his handling of Ukraine in that same uh, poll, we, we opened this discussion about in the Quinnipiac University. Uh, I was struck that only 40 percent of voters uh, approved of how Biden was handling the America's response. And to me, that's less about what he's doing and more about what he's saying, because as so, so often throughout his political career, Joe Biden's biggest problem is always his own uh, verbal gaffes and whether it was saying Putin's a war criminal or using the word genocide or even last week getting into this dust up about whether he was going to or not going to or ready to go to Ukraine, he's been cleaning up too many gaffes. So, I mean, no no American wants to see a president have these kind of issues in the world stage. Uh, Boris Johnson's uh, walk in the, in the streets of Kiev, I think, was uh, inspirational. And uh, that doesn't mean that Joe Biden does or needs to go. Uh, but I think it would be uh, it would be important and, and, and send a message that uh, America's there if someone there on the ground to 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 create that same kind of visual either way it seems like it's going to last quite some time uh no matter who's on the ground uh it seems like it may last um, 
years, according to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Panel, thanks so much. Now for a bit of history. One if by land, two if by sea. April 18th, 1775, after just barely escaping capture by a British patrol, Paul Revere began his famous ride to Lexington, Massachusetts, to warn the colonists and Minutemen of the imminent arrival of British troops. Revere and his colleague, William Dawes, Warning, uh, they played a crucial role in the colonists' victories and battles to come during the Revolutionary War. April 18th, 1775. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Colin, Mark, and Susan, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.